This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Hello and welcome to a Bedford Blues Podcast. Well, they say that good things come to those who wait, and I know you've been waiting a very long time. Uh, But we are here. Uh, We even have the prospect of some rugby on its way to you very soon. It's very exciting. And alongside me for this uh, re-engagement of the Bedford Blues podcast is uh, Gareth Orrid, uh, COO of the club, and Mike Rayer, Director of Rugby. Uh, good uh, morning, uh, afternoon, lunchtime chaps. How are we? Very good, thanks. Good All good, thanks, Sam. Good to have you with us. Uh, but let's crash straight into it. Let, let's, let's talk about where we've been over the last few months. It, it must have felt like years <laughs> And it also must feel like uh, like we've come a long way, and yet we're still back to what we know best and what we what we enjoy the most. Mike, for, from a from a a playing side of things, from a from a, a players and coaches side of things, um, j- just how bleak did it look at one stage? I mean, how, how worried were you uh, as regards Championship rugby and and getting back out out on the field again? Like it's, it's no doubt it's been um, it's been pretty bleak all along I'd say um, until that actual button was pressed for the green light I think um, you know the, uh, the worry and the danger of it all was, was um, you know misinformation or uh, getting ahead of yourself and you know by the end of you know six months into it I guess we were trying to keep an even keel on our emotions uh, in dealing with um, different you know messages that were coming out so um, it was a great deal of optimism at one stage and um, and then I was tempered by the following day where, uh, you know, um, there's, there's been a surge or a spike in, um, in the pandemic and um, you're back to square one. So um, I, think, I think post-Christmas has been a small steps forward, um, tentatively, keeping people um, uh, as informed as we could, really. And it's, especially the players, you know, could we have, could we have communicated more? <laughs> I guess arguably we could have, but sometimes there was... Uh, there was no communication to give, but also um, very little of it was was, uh, was never um, straightforward. It was always seen to be a changing picture. So, you know, they've been unbelievably resilient over this time, and you know, they've kept turning up the train and the furlough, and we've been having some small sided session. But that obviously ramped up um, last week with the uh, Northampton boys coming in, and uh, and obviously prior to that, us getting up and running um, with our our COVID testing procedure. So. Yeah, that now now the excitement is starting to kick in, and um, you know, hopefully there's no no other bumps in the road that will uh, trip us up before we get to the start date on uh, on March sixth. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit, sort of ramping it all up and, and the excitement building. But but Gareth, over to you from from a club, from a commercial point of view, and I think we're all aware of of just uh, how important the the commercial side is to this club. It has to be run well. It has to meet. Uh, ends have to be met um, and, and just how difficult was that for you over the last few months and, and how I suppose the same question how, how difficult was it at one stage? Yeah, similar picture really to what Mike just painted I mean we we made a presentation um, and, and communicated monthly around kind of the changing landscape um, and it, it literally has been ever-changing I mean almost daily at some points it felt like things were out of our control and that one minute we thought we were going to be back playing, uh, even looking towards the end of January. And then that was taken away. And then the next minute we didn't think we'd be playing at all. So, um, you know, it's been challenging to to control all of those points, but look, fortunately for us, um, and actually I'm sure we'll touch on it, but uh, we launched a crowdfunder recently and and it just shows the support of this town and, and, 
how much this club means to people. The sponsors have been fantastic. So we engaged a lot of our sponsors early doors. Unfortunately, you probably saw we launched the shirt a while back when we thought the season was coming. Um, and we've got a lot of sponsors, new sponsors as well, uh, onto that who've shown their support. And if I'm honest, um, mainly the reason for that sponsorship was their support of the club. You know, we weren't talking about a global brand coming in um, and, and taking something and looking at the advertising. They were more conscious of they wanted this club to be there for, for not just themselves or their sons or daughters, but actually the grandchildren, um, which just shows something about, that's special about this club. And then the crowdfunding, you know, we, we said, right, we, we knew where we needed to be and, and we launched an initial target of 50k and, and we were at kind of 30k within two days uh, and it just kind of shows where we are I think we're now at the moment of recording this we're, we're about 45 so um, yeah wow. we're, we're going great guns and it just shows you know what what this club means I guess. Do you think and I suppose it's a question to both of you do, do you think that having had the prospect of something disappearing and I, I don't mean necessarily just Bedford Blues obviously it's specific to Bedford Blues as a brand and, and what it stands within the town but I, I just get the impression that these last 12 months for everyone whoever you are whatever your passion you know we, we've had these things potentially um, sort of dangled in front of us and, and, and people saying they might be taken away from it do you think it's refocused people as to what is important in their life and and, and, and what is important in their community. Uh, Gareth, do you, do you get that sense when speaking to, to sponsors and, and, and to, to people around the town that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say we took it for granted, but, but maybe we did. Maybe we took for granted the idea of coming to Goddard Road on a Saturday afternoon. Do you, do you think there's an element of, of people actually thinking, yeah, I, I want to get back there and I want to enjoy it again? Uh, absolutely. I think people crave that kind of social gathering again, don't they? I mean, me and Mike were saying the other day, you know, you go out on a walk, you pop to the uh, supermarket or something like that, and um, obviously socially distanced, but somebody comes over to you and asks how are things at the club, when are things coming back, how are you getting on? Um, I think there's a deep kind of passion and care for this for this club. Um, I think for us, the the big area that's, that's been heartening almost has been how much people want to engage. And I think when we come back to actually being able to have crowds, which unfortunately is still some time away, there'll be a lot of people who, who come here just to want to, um, catch up with people, have a beer, hopefully, and, and might even occasionally not be watching some of the rugby, just wanting to engage with, with Bedford Blues. Obviously, we hope they are watching the rugby. Um, but uh, we're, um, I think we can be the focal point of bringing people back together again. Uh, Mike, you um, have, on numerous occasions, talked to me about uh, how this club is so much more than just the rugby and you know it's it's about so much more than that uh, but but there there was a chance that that rugby you know may be taken away from you you've been through so much you you've experienced so much has it has it relit a fire within you in a sense oh look yeah the, you know the, the, there's still a, an element of trepidation until that, that whistle is blown and that ball is kicked you know so i'm trying to keep a level keel on things like I said earlier um, but I, I do feel for um, there's a couple of things really you know Alex Penny's news has been announced today and you know effectively um, I think it was the Covid probably um, tipped him over the edge in a sense that he you know, he's a long time away from rugby and, and you've got to consider other things and that's probably there's going to be a disconnect with a lot of players uh, from the game you know considering they've had a a lot of time off. What 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 has has pleased me is, uh, like Gareth alluded to, that that 
that certainly hasn't been the case amongst the town and they cannot wait to get back to Goldenden Road and you know, even if it's um, live streaming or whatever it's going to be then I'm sure they're going to show their support in, in, in some way or another and um, you know, that's, that's just the, that's the, the absolute best bit of, of, of Bedford as a town it's, 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 it is a massive rugby town and, um, and people, people are genuinely passionate about, about the club but as I said I go from a player's perspective that's all that's really not all that's been my concern because obviously there's other other um, medical and health benefits to, to people coming to Golden Road on a Saturday afternoon. But obviously, I'm, I'm you know, you know, front and centre with the lads, and um, you know, trying to keep them, <clears throat> trying to keep them engaged. Um, not so much motivated because that's that, that, that's a tough one without any rugby at one stage. Uh, looking and that 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 was like a, that was almost a self thing. But you know, we just set we set out and uh, forgive the language. We just said. Um, really early in a piece, how can we make the best out of a shit situation? You know, and, and, and a lot of that is down to um, personal pride and, and, and how you carry yourself and how you behave and, um, you know, ultimately trying to, trying to be um, as good as you can in this situation and, and you know, their behaviour in, in this, um, in, in this uh, pandemic is, um, is kind of a reflection of themselves and that's, that's really pleasing because they've all been fantastic, I've got to say. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things to... To go along with that, um, and uh, you know, it's um, it, it just um, it, it gladdens me really. And, and, and now, now the excitement starts. Now the Amtel friendlies are in place, and um, and obviously that first game against Coventry has been announced. So there's some re- real stuff we can get our teeth into. Uh, Gareth, is there a chance that Championship rugby, Bedford Blues rugby, as Mike says there, could make something of this situation? Could could it galvanise things? Could it, could it yeah. become better than it was? Absolutely. I mean, take your previous question as well. In terms of refocusing the mind, I mean, certainly I feel an immense amount of responsibility. I think me and Mike have kind of shouldered that in terms of making sure we can do our best by this club to get us back in the best position. And we've both been really excited by the opportunity of returning to to Championship Rugby. And actually, you know, this is going to throw up some opportunities that didn't exist before, you know, whether that be streaming, whether that be different communication tools, whether that be kind of... um, some different logistical nightmares that we're, we're going through with COVID at the moment, but there's lots of learnings and we're excited by that. Um, I also think if we didn't come back, we were at a real risk of, of coming back to a league that doesn't resemble the championship. Um, and we don't have a product that I feel is as competitive and it's a great opportunity to, to put ourselves firmly in the elite sport um, group, which we, we currently are, um, albeit that the funding is, is, is a challenge. Therefore, this is a time for us to get our own, um, I guess, identity as a league, not just as a club, um, but identity as a league and make sure that we have something to sell for future years because we're both immensely passionate about it. We know Bedford is immensely passionate about the championship, but that message needs to go a bit wider. We're sometimes the, the lion dogs. We kind of, you know, get beaten up and, and, and things like that as, as a league. And I think this, for me, resembles something of... Um, uh, I won't use the word resurrection. It's a, it's an opportunity to rise from a very difficult challenge and prove what worth this league has. Yeah, can I just add, add to that, Sam? Sorry, just I think yeah. I think we're forced on the route of remodelling before the pandemic, anyway. Given the yeah. funding, so this remodelling was always going to happen, um, and, and now it's, it's sharply coming to focus. And uh, you know, certainly um, the challenges, and I got to say, the board have worked incredibly hard behind. Uh, the scenes really um, along with Gareth to, to, to put finances in place to make sure we continue and um, you know that remodelling as soon as we as soon as we kick off on March the 6th that remodelling is going to have to happen again for next year but I think that should be like Gareth said that should be championship wide 
I think we all have to have a good look at ourselves. And, and uh, I know it, maybe it's too much to wish for, but oh, if there's a collective, uh, a collective effort on this, then uh, we got a chance. But if we all go off on our individual um, tangents, then um, we got less of a chance. So let's hope yeah. um, there's a bit of um, common ground amongst all all championship clubs, and we can, we can have a common approach to um, what this uh, this you know outstanding to me outstanding competition can be and, and has been. You know, especially when you look at um, the well-trodden path of um, Premiership players, international players, and, and coaches. Let's talk about um, the, the playing side of things over the last uh, couple of weeks, Mike, and, and, and how things have, have gone. It seems that an age uh, since we announced uh, uh, joining, you know, sort of joining up with, with Northampton Saints down the road on the A428. Um, can you remind us again and, and talk us through how you feel that has uh, benefited uh, the, the club and, and, and the benefits of, of, of that relationship, if you, if you don't mind? Uh, players. <laughs> it's always yeah, good to have some, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, it has been a bit of a struggle um, over this period with a, with a lack of number of players, but obviously you know, it's just been, um, it's, it's, it's nobody's fault, it's just because of the, uh, um, because of the situation. But um, look, it, 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 it is about the playing side, but it is about shared knowledge. It is about sharing experiences. Um, you know, Sharpie's been down this week. Um, Mark Hopley was down. So, you know, it's great, great for, for the Northampton lads to see them at training as well um, and, and, you know, forge this relationship in, in, into what could be an exciting partnership. If you look at the makeup, makeup of our group, there's a lot of um, incredibly experienced championship players within that. Um, and um, like I've said many times before, that's how I learned the game in the second team at Cardiff. I probably learned more in one season amongst all the old asses than I did um, at any other time during my career, essentially. So that's what, you know, that's what's um, exciting about it. A lot of good youngsters coming through uh, from Saints. Um, and you know, for them to put themselves in a the shop window with us, it was great for us. Um, it's exciting for us. Um, but also they know that um, Chris Boyd at, at Northampton is not afraid to to promote these youngsters into first team squad. So obviously as much experience as they get in a, in a, a good competition um, is, um, is going to be beneficial for them. And, and hopefully they'll, they'll get fast tracked uh, similarly to, um, or similarly rather to uh, the lads who have, uh, have already made that uh, jump, you know, Tommy Freeman being the most recent one. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Just to commercially, add Gareth, to that. I was going to say, yeah. Gareth, commercially, there, there must be opportunities as, as well for you. you. You must see it as an opportunity in which to uh, approach perhaps potentially different markets. Yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I think, um, firstly, there's one that affects both off the field and on the field, and that is COVID. Um, and they have been first class in supporting us around that area and learning from, you know, they've already... Um, taking Mike's words, trodden that path. Um, so they, they've kind of a few steps ahead of us and slightly different scale and it <laughs> means that it falls on one of us here. But we've, um, you know, we've got a great team in place here. I mean, um, Deb, Mayor, Nibbo, and we've got a COVID manager, Dave, have really kind of stood up and helped us. And we're, we're you know, we're learning again as we go there. But Saints have really helped us and supported us that area. And then commercially, there's lots of opportunities. Um, and the first one would be, you know, if we get down the line of streaming, um, we're already looking at how we can make sure we don't clash with Saints because we hope that there might be a bit of interest from their supporters in the, the future of their players. Um, but equally, we think there's a synergy between the clubs anyway. You know, when we used to play Saracens in a pre-season game, typically we would see as many Saints fans um, as Saris fans sometimes at, at the ground. So, you know, there's a lot of history between the clubs. And I think, 
you know, there's a lot of businesses that operate in Northampton and Bedfordshire as well. Um, and therefore, there's, there's a few ties off the field that we're looking at. And they've just been, you know, really open and welcoming to work with. You mentioned it earlier, Mike. It's, it's, it sounds really simple and, and, and something we perhaps should have thought of before. It's about working together, isn't it? Always is, mate. Like, I, I, again, I, oh, rugby is so, so easy without the politics, isn't it? You know, and it's just it's about, um, it's about the play and it's about the players, essentially. Um, and everything happens around that and off that. It's about the actual people who are on the pitch. And, um, you know, if, um, if we can just stick to that um, generally, um, life is a lot, lot simpler, you know. So, um, yeah, look, they, 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 they've been pretty open and honest. I've been, been across there, um, you know, starting back last summer, um, you know, through lockdown, um, watching training and, and they've been very welcoming and, uh, um, you know, just picking up ideas and, and, and sharing, as I say, information. Uh, I can only see benefit. And, and you know, for guys like um, Alex Ray and, and Jake Sharp who are starting out on, on their careers, it's, um, you know, it, it's an exciting way for them to... Um, um, learn and, and improve uh, jumping in and out of different environments um, It sounds a strange thing to say and actually talk about matches and, and ideas behind team um, but do, do you have any sort of um, ideas about what you want to achieve in this coming season? I know you've already been very cautious about <laughs> when that season might happen and what it might do do you, do you have any ideas as to, as to what you want to do? Is it bloody a few noses and surprise a few people again? Oh, look. I don't think um, I think nothing changes as far as I'm concerned from from the brand of rugby I want to play. Um, but essentially, you know, it's got to be um, uh, it, it's got to be at the end result, really, haven't it? I know, I know. Sometimes I behind performance and and um, um, expressing yourself, etc. But it's it's about being in in games, being there right to death, and then you know, not not kicking the ball away at the last scrum or not trying to dodgy drop goal when the game's in the bag. They're the learning moments that these kids hopefully will get in, in what I believe is the last stage of a, a young man's journey into professional rugby, which is playing to win. You know, we talk about um, all the other stages, learning to, play, learning to train, playing to train. This is ultimately about um, playing to win because that's what um, the people of Bedford demand, you know, and, um, Look, there's ways about our ways around how you go about that, and um, um, you know uh, how you dress it up, if you like. Um, some people choose to play nine, ten man rugby, but that's never been what I've been about. I want we want to engage with everybody here and um, and make sure um, they're all making a contribution. And and and, the, and if the the offshoot and the byproduct is is we win by um, seven tries to six, then then that's what it's all about. <laughs> and we've had a few of them. <laughs> I worry about your ticker. I really do. Uh, but there you go. Uh, talk to us about, uh, Gareth, any prospective ideas as regards the club? I mean, how, how people can get involved. And, and I can almost give you a platform to, to advertise how people can get involved. You, you've, mentioned, you've mentioned there about, about uh, you know, crowd funders and things like that. But, you know, how, how much can you, can you tell us about what might be happening, uh, you know, in March? Yeah. Yeah, let me just get a script here, Sam. No, look, uh, no, no full sales pitch. We don't need that at this club. I mean, look, we just need to engage. I mean, and I think, you know, the target for this season off the field as well, and it, it kind of comes across on the field, is to engage with our community, you know. And, and actually, whilst it's not good for Mike, those seven, six try thrillers or 51, 52, and, and, and there's been a few, um, 
they're fantastic um, from a from a they're great to sell, aren't they? Um, and if you could stream a few of those games, they're pretty exciting. Um, I think some of the international matches, maybe last Saturday at HQ, would have uh, would have loved that to be uh, screened across. So, look from my point of view, we've got uh, the crowdfunding campaign going, and to be honest, the fifty was the initial target. I mean, I'll be really open around this that you know there's a 150k shortfall in just COVID area operational costs, testing, logistics, all those other things, not forgetting various other challenges um, that we've pushed slightly further down the road um, just by running a club of this size. So, you know, the crowdfunder will hopefully smash through that target um, and have a slightly bigger um, target of circa 70k, but we're doing fantastically offline as well. There's a lot of sponsors and supporters um, trying their best to uh, engage uh, and try and support the club in different avenues. We've got lots of other initiatives to go. We've got, um, I think I said before, put your name on the shirt, put your name on the wall, put your name on anywhere that we can sell. Um, <laughs> we, are doing, we are doing a little bit of that. But if I'm honest with you, um, genuinely, it's, it's the connection and engagement tool of things like that. I mean, the players walked into the changing room the first time that the signs went up and, and Mikey went, yeah, they're loving it. You know, they're kind of great, like seeing people's names, what it means to... Um, to the to, to the supporters around here, uh, it means a lot, and and I think if we can use engagement tools like that, and then we've got a few different sponsorship options. Obviously, um, we are, pardon my words, slightly. We plan to stream all games, but there is a little bit of um, discussion to be had with broadcast rights and the RFU and, and different deals. Sure. But our plan is firmly to to stream all games and to try and find Sam Roberts' availability to be our uh, lead commentator. Um, and, and we want to um, we want to use that as a platform really to 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 just talk about our, our club, show fantastic rugby. I mean, you know, I'm very lucky in a director of rugby that wants to play fast, flowing, open rugby. Um, it's it's a nicer sell, I think, than um, than than scrummaging all day long. Uh, a Ray might disagree, but um, you know, it's it's important that we we continue to play the Bedford Blues way. Um, and we've got a, a few different things that we'll keep up our sleeve, but, but we're Mike mentioned it at the start. Um, we're actually trying to work on a collective approach this year as well and, and talk to the other clubs about what they're doing, try and put the championship on a good good footing. We've talked about highlights programs. We've talked about a championship podcast. Um, and, and all those things would be would be great if we can get underway this year just to use a, a stronger communication tool with, with supporters of the league and attract new audiences, to be honest. And dare I say it, and, and I, I, you know, shoot me down here, but I'm just being hopeful. I'm just sat here looking for some hope. We all need a little bit of hope. Is there a chance? Has there been any conversation about the fact that by the end of the season, yeah. we might have some people watching, drinking funny, beer, slapping a, each other on the back? It's a funny old um, fixture list, isn't it? Um, last game of the season at home against Amstel. Uh, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was looking at. As soon as you look at the fish list, you go, oh, uh, that, that could be far enough in the future that maybe... We, we didn't even have me, Michael, Jeff doing them this year. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a surprise. But um, uh, look, uh, I think um, look, that excites us, doesn't it? Um, and, and as Mike said, he's alluded to, and I'm sure by the time we put this podcast out, it'll be about the same time as we launch those friendlies. We're looking to play Amstel back-to-back. Um, and wouldn't, wouldn't a lovely last day of the season, Battle of Bedfordshire, be... Um, I think Mike is really keen to get those bragging rights uh, for yeah. Amstel. Um, so I think, you know, we're excited by that. In terms of modelling, in terms of fans, we have to be adaptable, Sam. Um, this season has taught us, this whole year has taught us, you have to adapt. Um, we have plans in place for tiered crowds. It doesn't, you know, Golden Road isn't set up 
brilliantly for that. Um, you know, the old girl looks good, but she's uh, she isn't perfect for um, the modern world and COVID operations. So we have to tailor that around. And we just hope that, you know, the vaccination process goes well and that we, we can look at some crowds later in the season. Um, but um, we've at the moment, streaming is the first plan. And if we get crowds, that's a huge bonus. We're going to end on some positivity from Mike Rea. He loves positivity. Uh, I've been working with him for, for the best part of 15 years, and I know that he loves bringing it to us. Talk us through this squad that you've got. What, what, what excites you about, about the, this group of players that you've got training at the moment? Oh, look, you know, we, um, we've definitely kept um, you know, the core of the squad that did so well for us last year and, and previous years. You know, um, obviously, Sean you know, as captain, as Lou said, vastly experienced player in a championship and then, you know, um, Cubby at Hooker and, and Henry Paul, who I feel can really kick on. We've got Joe Raster back from, from Quinn. So there was plenty of experience in the front row. Um, and then, you know, Will Carrick-Smith, Jordan Onajabi. There's, there's lots of guys who've got a lot huge amount of experience and Joe Atkinson as well. And then, you know, we throw in um, some of the Saints lads that, that could potentially be available. Um, and it's great, you know, brilliant to see Connor over, Connor Tupai over here um, this week, but, but fair play to, to Jiffy. Um, he's uh, James Lennon Alice, for those who don't know, but he, he's been training incredibly well over the summer, and I, I feel he's ready to, to kick on, put his mark on the team as well. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, on the edges, we know we know all about, um, you know, what Matt Morley, Pat Tapley and, uh, and Rich Lane can do, um, throw in some of the exciting youngsters and uh, talent that the Saints are going to give that's great and um, you know I don't know whether it's too early to, to put this out but obviously you've got Oscar in the middle and potentially uh, Elijah Nico who's um, a new sign-in who is um, who's going to bash a few doors down so um, yeah we got, look it's a great mix of business that's the exciting thing I think we can play a couple of ways um, you know we've got a bit of ball carrying um, uh, for, uh, forward power up there and, but also we've got some real serious threats in the midfield and an incredible pace out wide so it's a great it's a, great, it's a really good mix and I'm, you know, I'm trying to harness that and um, you know you know, hopefully give them enough tools to actually um, play a game to suit the opposition or, or actually problem solve during the game and um, and then uh, you know find a way that um that works on that particular day because you know there's obviously different styles that get thrown up in a championship and you have to be um quote no use with uh, you know got to be adaptable within the game and um i think we got enough enough tools in the box to um to provide um you know a real competitive edge against uh, most sides in the league we're going to head over to, to will robertson's yep. got an interview with a couple of new players which is quite exciting i don't want to keep the podcast listeners from that well, uh, hello and welcome back to the official Best of Blues podcast. And today we have a very special treat for you. Uh, I am joined by the power of Zoom uh, by two of the most recent boys in blue, uh, Elijah, uh, Elijah Nico and Corey Barrett. Hello both, how are you? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Uh, Corey, I'll sort of start with you. Uh, a new challenge C- coming over to the championship, uh, a very sort of... Fresh start. Um, uh, it, it, this time, I, I definitely mean challenge, sort of, sort of quite literally. How ha- personally ha- have you found the last year? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been really tough, actually. Um, you know, with COVID hitting and stuff, or the big C, I don't know if you want to say it or not. Um, no, it's been tough enough on myself personally, just trying to find uh, some sort of means of training and stuff like that there, because I was training by myself. And then, uh, 
the opportunity came at Bedford and uh, you know, I was over the moon to get the opportunity to come across. But it's that's exciting, very exciting. And, and Elijah, you, you've played in this league before uh, for, for, for Ealing and Yorkshire and whatnot. How, how would you describe uh, this division? Because it, it's a very special one, isn't it? Especially if you're, if you're playing in blue. Yeah, look, um, I think it's a really good uh, competition in terms of physicality-wise and, and things like that. There's a lot of great players that play in this competition. Um, you know, there's a few international players as well. Uh, a lot of uh, experienced players. So I, I highly rate it. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I played for a few clubs around, and um, but I think this is a, a really great competition. And uh, look, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to playing for Bedford, as uh, I'm sure Corey is as well. So um, look, yeah, so it's going to be good and uh, very exciting for everyone. Yeah, uh, Corey, we, we've touched upon it, but it, it has been a difficult year for rugby players. But but now we do have some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, how, how excited are you to sort of get back into the swing of things come March? Oh, mate, uh, absolutely buzzing, to be honest. Like training uh, the past few weeks with the guys, you can just really see that it's starting to build a bit of fizz about the team. Um, I think we're all just really excited just to actually get some sort of contacts and bit of rugby into it, you know. Um, yeah, no, very excited to pull on the jersey eventually. Uh, and Elijah, uh, normally when arriving at, at a new club, you sort of have an opportunity to sort of meet the fans and get to know the teammates as well, uh, socials and whatnot. But, but due to the current climate, obviously that's not possible. How, how have you as players sort of worked around that obstacle and so, sort of got, got to know each other? Um, I think that's a good thing about that I like about rugby is that... Uh, I guess everyone knows everyone in a way. It's a it's a tight knit community in that rugby sense. But um, you know, with in terms of our, our team, um, everyone's just gone along really well. Obviously, you know, with the disruption of the COVID and things like that, and social distancing, I think uh, no, we've all um, we've all come together well. We've trained well. Um, you know, there's a good vibe going on, and like Corey said, uh, we're all excited and we're all itching to get out there and play um, for our fans, supporters, uh, sponsors, and everyone in the Bedford community. So, um, look, like I said, exciting times for us all, and uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, and Corey, uh, I'm sure you've been told by now about, about the infamous slope at, at Golden Road. Have you had a chance to sort of and <laughs> maybe walk up and down the pitch, a few, few Broncos probably up and, up and down recently? Yeah, no, um... When I first came over and Mike Mike Rare was showing me around the place like it was it was quite a shock nearly. But sure you, you can use it to your advantage, you know, if you're if you're down that bottom corner and you're pushing downwards in that scrum, that's gonna help me and um, help me a lot, you know. But uh, you know, we've had a few running sessions out there. It's uh, we're just learning the pitch, I'd say it's the same for Eli, we're learning it and uh, just use it to our advantage. Um, uh, finally, uh, Elijah, our, our first encounter of the season is a trip up the N uh, M45 uh, to Coventry, who, who in, in recent years have been improving again and again and again each season. What, what can we expect for, from the Bedford Blues in that first game against Cov? Um, I think you're going to, uh, well, with the obviously just joining, from what I've seen, uh, we've got a, a young squad. Uh, you know, everyone's uh, actually everyone's really, really good. Job well, and um, I think uh, you know, first game. I think everyone's just going to get out there and, and give it their all. You know, that's that's what it's about. And just you know, 
traditionally Bifford's always been like a mobile team. So, uh, you, you know, everyone's going to expect um, us to play a, a running game. Uh, we're a mobile team. So uh, I think um, it's going to be to our advantage. So looking forward to obviously Coventry is a good team. So, um, you know, for us, we just want to get out there and play and do the best for our club. Thanks, Will. Let's move on to the final segment. We're going to try and get Joe Rafter on the phone. Hi, mate. Good morning, Joe. How are you? You all all right, boys? Yes, Yes, mate. Very well. Very good to hear from you. Well, Joe, you're back. Guess who's back? The Rafter's back. Um, How pleased are you to be back at Golden Golden Road? Uh, there's a lot of new players within the team, which is good to meet them. And uh, no, it'd be interesting to see how uh, this season goes under a different format. Spent the last few months uh, at Premiership outfit Harlequins. Um, how did you find that uh, testing experience? No, it was great. The boys uh, there were fantastic. The staff and everyone associated with the club was brilliant to me. Um, they looked after me well. And, uh, no, it was a great experience uh, on and off the field, actually. So, yeah. And uh, obviously got the pleasure to work with their, their scrum coach, Adam Jones. I'm sure our, our Welsh fans listening in will know a lot about him. What did he teach you during your during your time at the Stoop? No, he, he taught me a lot. Um, it was great learning from him, um, sort of tricks of the trade. And scrumming against uh, some of the players in the team as well was great. It was a great experience. But no, Adam Jones was great and I enjoyed working with him. And how difficult was it to be working alongside those Premiership boys? You must have learned a lot from them, both on and off the field. Yeah, you know, the first few weeks was just getting up to speed uh, with fitness and uh, some strength work. But uh, when you're in and amongst it, you pick up things pretty quick and uh, you just sort of blend into the team. And uh, the scrummaging was very good. So, no, it was great. It was great. It was a great experience. And is there... Any one particular thing that you picked up that you may be trying to bring back with 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 you to Goldenton Road to help the other players here? I think um, what I've tried to be saying is, you know, just aggression, um, get over the line and uh, have that confidence in what you're doing. Uh, that's a big thing. And um, just that unity within the side is massive going forward. So, yeah, it's simples, really. Simples, but um, they're quite effective as well. So just stick to the principles and... Uh, be 100% right or 100% wrong really that's what sort of stuff I picked up uh, You're back now you're back at Golden Road we're pleased to have you obviously um, we, we've we got a game coming up on Saturday against Amp, Amp Hill the nearby rivals uh, how excited are you to be to be uh, prepping for a match day at Bedford Blues? Yeah it should be exciting uh, obviously the games we played against Amp Hill last year didn't go to plan but um, these uh, two warm-up games should be a um, good test and gives boys an opportunity to run out and enjoy themselves which is the most important thing over the next couple of weeks and um, express themselves and go out and play some ball which should be uh, interesting and then into your second championship season at Goldenton Road um, it's going to be a different one to your first but how much are you looking forward to facing the likes of you know Saracens etc yeah that should be exciting uh, against uh, that sort of opposition um, but we've got to have the belief within the side to be able to try and compete with these teams. Um, and then we see see how it goes from there. It is uh, going to be a bit different to what it was like last season with no crowds and that, which won't be as good. But uh, we'll have to sort of create our own energy within the group to 
to uh, hopefully compete with these teams. Brilliant. Joe, thank you for your time this morning and thank you for joining us on the Blues podcast. Thank you, Roy. And thanks also to the Bedford fans and uh, look forward to seeing you all soon. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Blues podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're back, rugby's back, and what a way to return than with a Battle of Bedfordshire doubleheader against Ampthill. Tickets for live streams can be purchased on our website and you can use the hashtag bluesathome to communicate with us on match day. All of us at Goldenton Road have been overwhelmed by the support to our crowdfunder. Keep donating if you can and protect your Bedford Blues.